Hello and welcome back to Not A Perfect Parent, the podcast where we share the extraordinary wisdom of ordinary parents. And today I'm so happy to be talking to Karen. She's a devoted mum, an experienced businesswoman, a phenomenal EFT coach and someone who moved to a different country for love before she started her family. Have a listen as we talk about following your intuition as a parent, how important it is to connect with other mums and dads and how to make a thriving home when you're a long way from the one you grew up in. Welcome Karen to Not A Perfect Parent. Thank you Jess and thanks for asking me to be on your podcast. (laughs) It's lovely to have you. So tell us a little bit about your parenting journey. Um, Well, I am a mum of two. I have a 12-year-old and a seven-year-old, a boy and a girl. And I, even though I'm from the UK, I live in Norway. So I have Norwegian children. Um, And yeah, I think that has been a big part of being a mum is having children in a foreign country. I mean, I've never been a mum in the UK, so I don't really know what it's like, but I've, I've had to really learn as I go since I live in a foreign country that's amazing so when did you move over to Norway was it before your your children were born? um before my kids were born so I moved here in 2010 and our son was born in 2011 and yeah I I didn't speak the language or really understand the language at all then so I remember the midwife in the hospital um she was like yeah yeah that's fine I speak English and actually funny story when I gave birth I remember um my in-laws really wanted me to speak Norwegian um and they had started after I'd been here for six months they started speaking Norwegian to me so I was I was learning the language but after I gave birth they kind of gave me a a reprieve for two weeks because I was like after I'd given birth I'd been hit by a truck and I couldn't understand Norwegian I'd look like look at them like I was like "Uh, uh-huh and they gave me two weeks where they spoke English to me and then they switched back to Norwegian. So Wow. <laughs> Feels quite strict. <laughs> yes, I think they really wanted me to they really wanted me to learn and I, it has been very helpful to always I mean I do still speak English to them and they speak Norwegian to me. But um yeah, I understand much more and I do speak a little bit more now. So uh, yeah. It's a bit better now than it was when I was uh, when I first moved here. So that must have been something that you didn't necessarily expect was to have your kids in a another country. How, what was that experience like, obviously away from your family and friends? Because I'd only been here just over just over a year and a half, I think looking back, I think, oh my God, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> when I look back now, I think bloody hell, you're batshit crazy. I was so naive, but like I was very much in love with my husband, and obviously I still am. But I just he kind of sold this that Norway is uh, they have really good maternity and uh, paternity mm-hmm. rights, and I had kind of hit my thirties and I really wanted to have children, and that was a big part of selling me to Norway. Um, and actually Norway is an amazing place for kids um, but it has been I'll be honest with you it has been an incredible struggle being away from my family um, from my parents when I when I grew up 
we all lived within five to ten minutes of my maternal grandparents uh, we were very close family we'd see each other at family parties all the time I'd I'd spend every Saturday and Sunday at my grandma's house I have very clear memories of you know as soon as I walked through the door my grandma would like open the box of broken biscuits do you want a biscuit or do you want a cup of tea um and I that it, it makes me quite sad that my kids don't have that relationship with my parents um yeah but it yeah it, it has especially you know during covid where i we couldn't go to see my parents mm. we couldn't travel that was a real struggle for me and actually that caused me to that sent me down quite a deep dark hole in that period because yeah family has always been very important for me so i love living here but i do miss the uk and there is a big part of me that's curious how it would have been to have kids in the uk and actually because of the language barrier at times, I do think it has been harder to be a mum in a foreign country. And mm. there's lots of things I don't know. Like, it's a very different, not a very different, but it's quite a different school system. They're put into, they call it Barnhagen here, so kindergarten. But all kids are expected to go in around one year old. And that was like, for me, I was just like, uh, no. It's a real I, cultural like, difference. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was just like, whoa, no. So that, that was a big struggle for me and we we managed to push that till our son was 18 months due to the privilege of being able to extend my husband's paternity leave and I started my own business so I had that flexibility but that for me I just I found that quite alien that you know you have a baby and then a year later you put it in daycare five days a week and return back to work it's interesting as well, isn't it, thinking about that cultural difference, because when you were speaking, then I was thinking about the things that we want to share with our children a lot of the time, like you were talking about your grandma and the broken biscuits. It's yeah. it's things that are familiar and safe and warm that come from our own childhoods. Is that mm -hmm. harder to find when you're not in the place that you grew up? And especially now, because I grew up in a place called Hatfield, just just north of London, and my parents are both Scottish. And six years ago, they moved back up to Scotland. So when we would visit up until that point, we would always stay in my childhood home in Hatfield. I'd be able to take them to the local park where I used to play. I So the last time we actually went to Hatfield, my daughter was only one. So she won't remember anything. But my and I don't really think my son does either. They kind he can kind of see pictures of my mum and dad's old house. But now I don't have so much that connection to where I grew up. I haven't been there since my parents left I still have a, a couple of very good friends just down the road but when I go to see them I go to see them I don't really go to Hatfield as such so it's, yeah when I think about it it is quite sad I have a picture in my head now there was this tree of this big old oak tree that had been hit by lightning and it had like this big cutout that I used to kind of stand in every time I walked to my grandparents and I think god I'll never be able to, I won't be able to show that to my kids because when you know I'm not going to pay a couple of hundred pounds to take them to the UK and then let's go to Hatfield and look at this tree whereas if I grew up there like it would be part of just it would just be a story I could share quite naturally with them mm. so that now you said it it is it is a layer of that the difficulty of being a parent abroad they'll probably never see the school that I went to or I mean unfortunately I unless there's a a wedding or god forbid a funeral it's unlikely that I'll make the trip and see my cousins anytime soon so it's 
yeah there's a big part of me that's quite sad that my kids won't know a lot of my extended family and for them they're part of two different cultures aren't they two different languages intimately as well not as a second language Mm. I mean I think my both of them speak English incredibly well in fact when we're in the UK no one would say oh they're Mm. they're not English so we did talk about moving to Scotland for a year because I would I really wanted them to experience how it is to live down the road from my parents and go to a British school when it came down to it they just I was the only one that wanted to do it (laughs) Mm. I sometimes wonder I would have I would have loved them to experience that just something different um and for my own benefit selfishly to be near to my parents again um and for them to be able to have that time with my kids because they when they come here they come for two weeks or if we go there we go for two weeks but there's something very different about having your parents kind of on your doorstep there's a much more relaxed like my my mother and father are not here they pick up our kids every Monday after Mm. school because I work late and so they have that they have that regular contact with them and although my kids adore my mum and dad they don't have that that easy or I can just pop round to grandma's house for a broken biscuit it's a little kind of hurt that I carry in my heart so I suppose that's the thing about being a parent we have our own desires as a person but when you're a family you have to look at it has the big picture like what is the best for us as a family not mm. what is best for me it's always weighing up the pros and cons I I enjoy living here and we have a great life here mm. but I think I always do wonder what would it be like if we'd had our kids in the UK my husband's Norwegian but he lived in the UK for 10 years what would it be like if we'd had our kids in the UK and I'd had my my extended family around us I'd had my parents on the doorstep would it have been easier for me as a mother? Well, I mean, let's talk about that. So you hadn't been in Norway that long, you said, no, when, no. when you had your son. And I think we were very insular. He was my company a lot of the time. I'd, I'd made some really amazing friends. Actually, looking back, I was very fortunate in that we were given like a, I think there was four or five of us, a group of women um, and we used to through the health visitor and we used to meet up and very luckily I me and my husband went to a parenting a birthing um, course and I met a British lady on that Catherine and her and I she such such a godsend her daughter was born a few weeks after, and we spent a lot of time together and then actually after my daughter was born she was born around Christmas and a couple of weeks after she was born, I went to the health visitor to weigh her and I heard someone speaking English in the waiting room. Oh, so I went, I like, oh, sorry to interrupt you, but I heard you speaking English. And it was actually the woman who was English and she's one of my best friends here now and our, oh, our wow. kids are two days apart. So in that way, I was incredibly lucky to make those two very important connections with people, with women, with children, very similar in age to mine because I think I would have I don't think I'd have got through it if I hadn't have had those two women and then when I had our, our son that that group of women that we met up regularly one of them started a baby music group because there's not so one of my best friends in the UK she had a baby a little bit before me 
and she was talking about he uh, her daughter was going to baby yoga and baby this and baby that and I was like oh we have nothing like that here and then the, one of my friends from the the baby group that I met here she was she's German and she's like I'm going to do a, a baby music group and I was like oh thank goodness it's something that we can all do as a group there's such a I'm just feeling as you're speaking there's such a power isn't there in connection and sharing mm. experiences when that experience is having a baby which is such an enormous change as well as the change that you were already going through and it can be feeling very much like something that you do on your own so to find that connection with other people mm. can change mm. the whole experience our son he, I was I'd wanted to have children for so long and he was such a much desired child I being a mum is a it's my most favorite job job in the world also sometimes <laughs> quite annoying but it it was a challenge to have a child abroad in a country that I could understand some but I couldn't understand all and it was a bit easier when I'd had our daughter because that was four years after probably it's only been the last couple of years that my understanding of Norwegian has got better and better mm. I think honestly people don't talk about and how long after giving birth it takes you to get your head back on straight mm. because it's just so absorbing to have a newborn baby and to have a newborn baby and be in a foreign country and not have yeah. my family on my doorstep not even have my best friends on my doorstep was it lonely mm, I mean thank god for like video calling and skype and yeah thank god for those connections I probably call my mum every day and they came over very quickly after our son was born. They stayed for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was a challenge. And I'm going to tell you one thing that I did find quite challenging is that my husband worked with a lot of older women at the time and they all came with their advice. And oh, some of it yes. was very outdated. So that that did become a little bit of a tension between us that I was like, I'm really sorry, but you know, I want to raise our kid the way that we want to do it. Mm, and I was just thinking, as you were speaking, it's that kind of not speaking the language. So obviously being part of a healthcare system that you didn't grow up in, a community that you didn't grow up in. So there's a lot of learning as if there's not enough when you first become a parent. So that's quite amazing, isn't it? You kind of saying, actually, I know I'm in a situation here where I don't have a lot of confidence in terms of speaking the language and 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 finding my way around. But actually, I know how I want to do this. Was that was that tough to do? Yeah, because I think for a lot of the time, I didn't push that. There was a big part of me that lost confidence and was unsure and second guessed. But, you know, my gut feeling was at times, like I knew deep down, like, no, nah, this doesn't sit right with me. I think there was a, for a long time, I doubted myself. I I think hindsight's a great thing, obviously, but the last three years since I've been on a real personal development journey I've retrained to be a coach the EFT practitioner training and I'm also training to be a somatic trauma-informed coach all these things I've learned a lot about childhood trauma and attachment mm. and and I always think oh could I have done things differently and there's things that I wish I'd done differently but at the same time I know I know better so I can do better now mm. um of course I wish I'd known all these things before I mean I there was a late, I can't remember her name, but but I got her book and it was all about 
baby sleep training and how you know let them cry out and stuff and I was like no way Jose like I just couldn't do it I just my my reasoning and everyone is different but my reasoning was I wouldn't want to cry myself to sleep so why should I let a baby cry itself to sleep I I mean gosh that's a hornet's nest to touch on because everyone has so many different beliefs but I think women have to be empowered to trust what is naturally within them because the body is not wrong. So if we speak to that a little bit, when when have you felt like not a perfect parent in your journey? Well, when I, I think about, so we had our son in 2011 and then I fell pregnant again in 2013. Didn't realise I was pregnant until I was six and a half weeks. And I was like, oh my God, this just, I can't deal this my my son's just turned a year and I went and got a scan and the uh ultrasound they said yeah you're seven weeks pregnant and like I was just kind of went into like this oh my god how is this gonna go and then um at 11 weeks I had a bleed and it turned out that I'd had a missed miscarriage and I had to go through to go through like a a dnc and you know, I knew nothing about EFT or anything like that. So that was kind of at the, the very same day I had a bleed, we signed a contract on a new house and wow. like you just bury it down and get on with it. All the while I've got this small child, this small little baby. Well, he wasn't small little baby. He was over one, but yeah, still very reliant on me. And then me and my husband talked about it and we're like, yeah, we want to have a baby. Um, and we tr- started trying again and I just wasn't falling pregnant and this went on and then in 2014 I had a cycle of IVF and it failed and then they found out what was wrong and I fell pregnant straight away and then I spent this pregnancy really worried am I going to bleed blah blah so fast forward to having the baby and I think I was so uh, consumed by the new baby that in a way I think there's a I, I do feel that I was a, li- a little bit not neglectful of my son but there was this little boy who'd had his mum for four years alone and then suddenly this new baby came along and he kind of lost that attachment with me and I wonder if I'd had my mum here for example or I'd had kind of more like my mother-in-law's amazing but she's not my mum mm. so I think if I'd had that being followed up more closely by my own direct family maybe I wouldn't have been so yeah I mean that is my I don't think I was a perfect parent around that time but I can look back now on that and see that and I'm trying my hardest to make sure that he knows that we still have a connection because I think there's times when he will openly say oh she ruined my life and like his sister and because I in my heart I think oh my god I know kids say that all the time. I hate my sister. But, you know, for me, sometimes that kind of cuts quite close. So. Oh, Karen, I'm just listening to you. I just feel like so many mums are going to relate to everything you're saying. And I'm feeling, I've got two, and I'm feeling that pull of everybody wants 100%. Yeah, yeah. And you run a business. And you run a household. And we've just talked about all of those layers of learning a new country, experiencing the loss that you did. So there's all of those kind of different layers. And I really feel 
myself and so many women will relate is that you've laid the responsibility at your own door when we know how all consuming it is to have a newborn we know how all consuming it is to have a one-year-old yeah do you do you think that we there's a lot of pressure and expectation does it come from elsewhere does it come from ourselves there is too much expectation there's too much pressure I wish I could go back to that woman and just say it's okay you've got this give her a cut her a little bit of slack because when I speak to clients now who are pregnant in my other my I have a beauty business alongside my coaching business and I say to them you know just give yourself some time when you give birth I think society puts so much pressure on women to come out of hospital and just get on with it Mm. and just know what they're doing as soon as they become a parent and it's we learn on the job if only it came with an instruction manual but the thing is as well we're all we all have our own journey as well we all have our own experiences growing up I funnily enough the age gap between my two kids is exactly the same age gap as between me and my brother Mm. and I know that I've had to work a lot on not specific memories but a general feeling of what can I say like my brother he had some medical issues when he was born so I think he took a lot of uh, and he's older than me but he took a lot of more shall we say not attention but he took a lot more from my mum so whether growing up I always kind of felt not sidelined at all because my mum always gave was there for what I need but there there was maybe that unwritten thing that he did take that little bit more and whether that's my own my own wound that deep down I'm like god it's a complicated thing do you think that that might link to your concern about your son feeling yeah totally totally because maybe I felt like that myself that's amazing insight isn't it because it's so difficult to we just feel the things we feel a lot of the time don't we we don't know how to follow the threads back but that's a great example of when something feels familiar that it might be linked back to our own experience I think it's so important to get curious as to what is for me what why is that a trigger for me when I feel if he's maybe being like oh you always spend time with her we always pay her attention and I feel myself kind of react within like no I don't no I don't or get defensive then I need to stop myself and say why are you getting so defensive what is that trigger so yeah I think it's it's nice to go within and not nice but it's <laughs> it's good to go within and to find out well, what is the trigger what might be the trigger mm-hmm. and I think there might be well with anything there's always something in our childhood so uh, but now you know I proactively work to ensure as much as I can I'm not perfect I'm not a perfect parent <laughs> um, but I try my best to be as fair as I can with both my children I always apologize always if I have raised my voice which I don't do very often although my kids say I do it all the time I think because I don't do it all the, I, I don't really <laughs> shout they're like oh you're always shouting at us I'm like well I'm, I'm not but um, I always apologize if I've like even this morning over breakfast my son was like he's got to that age where he's like nah, 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 nah. and I'm like I'm like oh stop it and then later he'd gone upstairs and I came outside and I said I'm really sorry that I was such a moody cow at breakfast and then he's just like, oh, yeah, I know, because I was like, I was copying what you said. I said, okay, when I gave him a big hug and I gave him a kiss and I said, I'm really sorry. And then he just skips off. And I think that's really important 
because we aren't perfect parents and we have to show our children that it's okay to make mistakes. You know, you're not happy, clappy mummy all the time. Sometimes I am a miserable cow, you know, when I'm tired and <laughs> I will say to them, I'm really sorry. I am tired. I'm probably going to be a moody cow. And they just like, okay. And my daughter, she's very perceptive. She's like, mama, are you happy today? And I'm like, bloody hell, I can't hide it from her. Sometimes I've said, yeah, I'm okay. And then, and then I think, no, be honest with her. No, I'm not okay. Mm. And this is why. Because if we teach our kids to, to hide their, to not trust their gut instinct, what is that? She knows I'm not happy. She senses it. She sees it by me saying to her, actually, no, I'm not happy. Then she can trust her intuition. She can trust her gut feeling. Mama's not happy. So, mm, wow, yeah. yeah. I love that because I think a lot of the time we can try and protect our kid and sometimes we don't realize how switched on they are, how intuitive they yeah, are. That, and if we don't, if we don't nurture that side of them, they'll lose it mm. or they'll doubt themselves. It's very important to, to, to let them know that it's okay to have emotion. It's okay to be mad or sad. It's okay to be pissed off or it's, it's also happy to dance around the kitchen to the latest crap on the radio. Like everything is acceptable, but not all behaviors are acceptable. I think mm -hmm. all emotions are acceptable, but not all behaviors. Because if you, if you don't allow them to express themselves, it may come out in unhelpful ways. Amazing. All emotion is acceptable, but not all behavior. It's a great yeah, lesson. Like, you can be angry. Of course you can be angry. But don't take the anger out on someone else physically. If you teach someone to bottle it up, eventually that bottle overflows. Mm. How do you think your kind of own self-development journey and becoming a coach has impacted or influenced you as a parent? It's helped me get curious. I've learned so much about myself and I hope it's made me a better parent. My kids think EFT is a load of rubbish. My daughter's she's quite open to it, but I think I missed the boat with my son, unfortunately. But I'm hoping we'll get round to it again one day. I'm much more confident as a parent than I was before. I'm much more confident. What's changed? Um, I've done a lot of work on myself. Is that the place to start then? Without a shadow of a doubt, if you heal yourself, you heal those around you. Mm. And I continue to do the work daily. When things come up for me, I work, I do EFT on myself daily, even if it's five, four, two minutes. Because if I can show up in the best way for myself, I can show up in the best way for my kids as well. And what is your piece of parenting wisdom? We've all got one, even though we don't think we have. What is your takeaway for other parents? Don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. Because if you if you get uptight about the little things, where do you go from there? I say it to my husband all the time. If you get all shitty about them, like dancing around when they're meant to be sitting at the table eating, what are you going to do when they when they say out when they're fifteen drinking? Not that they will, but yeah, <laughs> just don't sweat the small stuff. It's okay. We've all got to learn. And one thing that I will definitely do differently as a parent. From even this young age, I've said to my kids, well, if you are ever in trouble, I will always be there for you. And I, I might get a little bit 
annoyed, but I will always love you. Nothing in this world will stop me loving you. So even when you're 15, 16, 17, and you might have done something wrong, you might be stuck somewhere you shouldn't be, and you might think, oh my God, I can't call mum and papa. You call us because there's nothing you could do in this world that will stop us loving you. So I think that's important because, of course, kids do stuff they shouldn't. But if they're open and they know they always have a safe space to come home to, then, yeah, that's the most important, that they know they always have a safe space to come home to. I think that's beautiful. I think we all need that, don't we? We all need a safe space. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking, don't we need that as parents too? Don't we need that with other parents, the ability to talk about the tricky times and a place to, to know that it's okay whatever we feel? Yeah, no judgment. We're all we're all living our own version of our reality and our lives. And you don't know what happens behind closed doors. You don't know what someone has gone through in their own life to get them where they are. But if we are all a little bit more open and empathetic to each other and yeah, then how much easier would it be in life? I'm I've been very fortunate to have some amazing friends in my life and in the journey which has made being a parent here much easier and um, it could have been a lot lot harder if I hadn't made those friends because sometimes being a parent is bloody hard work really hard work if we can connect and just give each other a place to kind of vent yeah and I beat myself up that I wasn't doing a good enough job but as an as a woman now, I can look back and think, bloody hell, you were like not that long moved to Norway. You had a new baby. You you know, I I I was learning stuff about my environment while having a newborn baby, and I you know, we don't as women we don't give ourselves enough credit, or as parents, but predominant controversially predominantly women we don't give ourselves enough credit not at all women with newborn babies they need more support what's that look like don't come round and hold the baby come round and do her dishes mop her floor put the clothes away do a bit of shopping for her make her a cup of tea and a sandwich don't come round just to cuddle the baby you know mothers need that support and at different at different stages of a baby's or baby and child's life you do need different support but when you've got if you've got a friend who's just had a baby go round don't be like oh well, give me a cuddle say what can I do round here for you so yeah there we go amazing well I feel like we're here at not for parent because we need more of these conversations more of this kind of honesty at some stage or another no matter what our circumstances are and you obviously overcame a lot when you became a mum we are gonna have some difficulties and sometimes it's hard to be open about those we've got to give ourselves and each other permission to do that so it is amazing and it has been amazing speaking to you if you are a woman in business and you are feeling stuck you're a female entrepreneur and you are needing 
some guidance and a way out of fog or a difficulty then Karen is your person and I will put her details here with the podcast as well thank you so much for talking to us today Karen thank you Jess for having me it's been a pleasure thank you for joining us for this episode of not a perfect parent Come back again next week for the extraordinary wisdom of another ordinary parent. And if you've got a story to share and don't we all, get in touch.